Hi and welcome to Elsie's Mundo uh, Book Club podcast. Good evening, everyone. Today I have Fernando here with us from Ecuador. Hi, Fernando. Hi, Elsa. How are you today? And introduce yourself a little bit to the listeners, please. Yeah, first of all, uh, thanks for having me today. So I'm so excited to, to take part in this uh, new project of yours. Well, yeah, my name is Fernando. Basically, I'm from Ecuador. I live in a small town in, you know, in the south of Ecuador, which is called Loja, my which I think home. is the best world in the world. Yes, that's true. I can concur <laughs> to that. That's my second home. <laughs> All right, so yeah. I remember you as an avid reader. Can you tell us um, what was the first book that you really inspired you? Or were you also an avid reader as a child? Or how did your relationship start with the books? Well, yeah, it's a bit uh, curious about this because um, I think like it was a couple of weeks, uh, days ago, I was talking to my parents how this started. I mean, my why I started like reading since uh, I I started reading since I was eight or nine years old and it was curious because none of my parents you know used to read at that time and I remember that at least when it was really rainy here so instead of going out I used to just uh, spend like my entire afternoons reading and since I didn't have a lot of books I used to read the same twice or three times and it was really nice. So, so I would say um, it is. It came to me as a natural thing, maybe, and then just like it became a habit. And right now, I read one book in fifteen days, maybe. Um, in the past, it was more, but right now, you know, I have a life, so I have to work, I have a family. So, yeah, maybe I'm not reading as much as I would like to. But to be honest, I can't complain. It's something that I like. And yeah. what's your favorite genre? Wow, that's a really tough question. I remember uh, because I... it really depends on on the mood. I think, mm-hmm. yeah, um, I try to read something that at, at that particular time I'm in need of. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, when I'm in need of a, a bit of uh, motivation, then I go, you know, to motivation books. Uh, when everything's fine in my life, I just go for sci-fi, which I think that sci-fi is my favorite. My favorite fiction, yeah, my favorite fiction in general, I think. And about nonfiction, I basically like lots of things. Mm-hmm. I have read a bit of history, a bit of philosophy, mm-hmm. a bit of, um, what else? Economics, I think last, last year, <laughs> I did a, a one, economics sure. 101, <laughs> okay. So, and also about Bitcoin. Yeah, lots of things, to be honest. Basically, when I'm, when I'm interested in something, I just, you know, buy one book and start reading it. Mm. Because I remember that we exchanged quite a lot of mysteries and yeah, sci-fi books as well. Yeah. They used to live in Ecuador. Okay. Okay. Um, which one do you like better fiction or nonfiction? And in what language do you, do you read mostly in English or in Spanish? To be honest, I don't remember the, the which one was the last book that I read in Spanish. I don't know. It doesn't come to my mind right now. But I like reading uh, in English because once you practice my English. So, <laughs> yeah, I think it's, um, so, you know, two birds with one stone. So I'm doing what I like. And also at the same time, I'm practicing my English, you know, learning new words. And, and yeah, so we forget what was the first, the first part of the question. The thing is that I, okay, that's a tough question. Basically, I engage into reading uh, with two different reasons. The first one, just for the sake of um, leisure time, to have leisure time. And the second one, in order to learn, to learn a bit more about what I'm interested in. So I would say that um, in when I just wanted to grab a good book in order to enjoy myself, then I, I would go for or fiction and then when i'm interested in something and i see this as um 
productive time, I would go for for nonfiction. Yeah. So, since you're reading in English, how does that help your um, language or language? Well, lots of words, lots of new words, and yeah, basically, right now, um, even though um, uh, I wouldn't claim that I understand one hundred percent. I would say that, you know, I have now the scale to, even though I maybe don't know the, the meaning of a word, maybe I can just understand the whole idea based on the, on the, con, on the context. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think it, 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 it has helped me a lot. I think in English it's easier to read because, you know, like the words are the same that you would also use in speaking. I remember when I tried to read something in Spanish, like a Gabriel Garcia Marquez book or something, it took me like <laughs> two, three months to complete because the literature language in Spanish is just such high level than, uh, you know, what we speak. So as a native speaker of Spanish, even though you read a Spanish book like a long time ago, how do you, like for you also, is it so different between the literature language and the, uh, the spoken language or 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 if you remember mm. from your studies so no, I, I, not, not not really because as i said also you know since i was a kid i used to 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 read to to read my bible and uh, i don't like to use the modern versions of, of the bible you know which you know a lot of new just a lot of, a lot of let's say like current expressions Mm -hmm. In Spanish, but really all like for example in, in for example in the Bible that I read is like things like uh, Vuestro Señor os manda cumplir el mandato or something like that. So it's, it's really really old Spanish. So and of course I, I I get what you're saying. In Spanish we don't use that anymore. And yeah, if you go to Garcia Marquez, you will find lots of words and and, and structures that that right now we we don't use. Uh, however, I, I think that at least in recent books, I think that this has changed. Um, yesterday, I think um, uh, it was on Thursday, one of my students um, gave me a book and I just flick it through. And there were a lot of common expressions right now we use, that right now we, are we use like in a conversation. So I think that this has changed. And, you know, since, as you said, if we go to classics, because you know it's classical literature, so of course it's gonna be a, a massive change. But I think that right now also writers are trying to appeal to new generations, mm -hmm. so they are trying to change their style. Mm -hmm. yeah. I agree. I remember when I was reading the Love in the Time of Cholera, he he wrote mm. so many times about mandibula, 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 and at the end of it, I was just like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I need a break from yeah. the mandibulas now. <laughs> yes. Um, do you know or do you have any particular book that had like a great impact on you? Something that even up to now you reread because it's your favorite book? Well, um, that's a really, really tough question, to be honest. Um, you know, I I had to, th to think about it before this. So, more. because I think th there are many books that that that, that I read in times of uh, when when I needed the most. For example, so I remember one of the um, let's say one of the best books that I have ever read was uh, Wasipungo. You know this one? It's a it's a Quechua word, and uh, this guy Jorge Casa is the author. And I read this when I was 12 or 13 years old. I remember because I was um, at high school and I liked it because so uh, by that by, by that time, uh, for example, we were under the impression that, you know, that Europeans are the nicest person on earth and blah, 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 and, and things like that. However, we didn't, I, see, I feel that at high school here in Ecuador, we didn't get uh, the other side of the story, and I mean the the, the indigenous people right. side of the story. Mm -hmm. So right now, you know, we are selling into the idea that uh, you know that globalism is the best thing and things like that. And maybe 
maybe I agree right now, but at that time I said, no, but wait a second, there is another version. There is, sure. we have also to, to listen to the indigenous people version of the story. And that's exactly what Guasipungo does. Because in Guasipungo, uh, Jorge, uh, Jorge Icaza, okay, tells about, uh, tells, uh, about all the, uh, let's say all the mistreatment that indigenous people had, the exploitation also they were, uh, they were under, um, the, the hunger that they, that they had and all the, it's a little thing, the social, I think basically this is a bit of social protest. So in which he portrays lots of things that maybe as Ecuadorians we have forgotten about. So I think it's quite interesting in terms of fiction. Uh, because he he uh, he also let's say um, and I think that some of these ideas, some of Jorge Jorge Casas ideas have become a bit more relevant right now with the current um, political situation here in Ecuador, because right now we are in a dilemma. So where do we want to go? Maybe we want to go and embrace complete globalization, or we go maybe we want to go back to our roots. Let's say. And, you know, to the indigenous identity of, that we have. Um, so, yeah, I think that these ideas are relevant maybe more right now in 2022 than it was in 2005 when I read this book. So, yeah, so that, I think about Ecuador, that's one of the... Oh, uh, yes, for the, the context, Jorge Icaza is Ecuadorian writer, and that's the most yeah, important yeah. in Ecuador, right? Do you know if it's yeah. translated into English? Wow, I don't know. <laughs> but what I know is Wasipungo is like, uh, you know, the, it's one, okay, it's a plot of land that in the past indigenous people were given in order for them to work it and to produce something. Basically, they were slaves, although it was just on paper, okay, so they, they were not slaves on paper. However, in practice, they were they because were like slaves, yeah. they had wages. They were paid wages, but they couldn't cover like the expenses of living. And always, always, they ended up, you know, owing to to the landlord. And it was such an exploitation. Uh, so yeah. Yes, I think like this kind of mistreatment could be even observed until today. If you think about like where are the most developed places in even in South America and then like people inhabited by the indigenous people still they have less you know they have fewer opportunities yeah. to to better education fewer op opportunities I I'm not even sure if they have uh, the chance to learn on their mother tongue for example and yeah and again I think that sadly this is a um, you know uh, Bad, really bad thing here in Ecuador, which is, um, I always have said that, you know, that we have two Ecuadors, mm -hmm. one Ecuador in, on paper and one in reality. So on paper, everything's, you know, everything's fine, everything's great, because on paper, by law, you know, indigenous people, mm -hmm. they, 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 they have to be taught in their uh, mother tongue and things like that. However, on practice, it's such a different thing, because first of all, many of their languages are already disappearing because there is sadly there is this stereotype that if you speak for example quechua you have to be poor or if you speak some of these languages then uh, you need uh, you know proper education and, and also i think that here in ecuador only seven percent of, um, of of us like identify as indigenous uh, as an indigenous person for example, in my case, I identify as a mestizo, you know, which is like basically a mixture between everything. So I don't, and also my mom, and also my dad, and my parents, and my grandparents, because in the past, again, it was this stereotype. So if you have, let's say, a relative who is indigenous, then, oh my gosh, oh, this guy must be poor, or oh, this guy is this, or whatever. So yeah. It's, whereas it's, uh, whereas the biggest influencer of ecuador the instagram or youtuber is also an indigenous person right i don't remember her name but you must have heard of it really yes 
Uh, I think like somewhere from Saraguro, like uh, she she started like a YouTube and it's even a girl. She started a YouTube channel of how she feeds her horses, how she Oh, it's, I think it's Nancy Rizor, I think it is then. Yes. <laughs> well, to be honest, I'm not, I'm not into, 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 into influencers that much. I don't like watching their videos because basically I don't have enough time maybe so to give them a shot. I'm not saying that this uh, her content is bad or, or anything like that, but just I I didn't have a chance, uh, you know, to to get to to know her material better. It was a refreshment yeah. among the you know all of these four celebrities. It was really nice yeah. to have someone who is so natural and so um, you know down to earth. Okay. Yeah. Mm. So Huasipungo, um, do you reread it like? frequently even nowadays or and, well i think that this is one thing in which we differ because i have noticed that you enjoy like rereading books and going back to them and maybe you will have a different approach i have, and one, a different, I have one book that i'm rereading all the time but that's different <laughs> okay so it must be that um about this asian guy one something exactly the garden of Yes. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, I in my case, I don't know. I haven't gone back to, to the books I have already uh, read. But I guess like Huasipungo is know, also Pungo is also just like so much deep in Ecuadorian literature history that everyone knows the story, even if you didn't read. And as you said, you read it when you were in the school. I guess it's also mm -hmm. like on the list of the obligatory readings and then you analyze it and then you learn about it and then you, you know. Of that, I'm not sure anymore, to be honest, because right now, um, it was yesterday, you know, and again, another sad news for us. So it was like the reading comprehension here in Ecuador has dropped dramatically. So out of 10 kids, only three, you know, can okay read and answer some questions about it correctly so it was oh, wow and yeah as you said in the past yeah we had you know a list of, of reads that we must complete before we graduate however right now no more no more uh, and i can vouch to that because i have more i have many um some friends who work at, at both public and private schools well, and they said that right now, complete books, they don't read because students get bored, basically. Uh, what they do is they read kind of um, uh, summaries of the books, okay, and, you know, a summary in 15 or 20 pages, something like that. And then, you know, complete some, ask, uh, have students complete some activities. Uh, and yeah, and that's it, basically. I guess in our accelerated world where you have all the video games and everything is super fast, like a chapter from Huasipungo when, you know, the natives, Native Americans are going, um, or, you know, the Kichwas are going to their places through one or two chapters. It's just like super slow, which. Yeah, uh -huh. exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's it um that is what is going on because also okay it was well two months ago i, I suggest one reading to one of my students and she said oh but teacher you know this book is so slow i mean what do you mean say yeah so because i it was twilight and you know in the movie everything goes really really fast I and mean, you have everything in one hour and 30 minutes i think yeah uh however in the book so she spends like one entire chapter just describing like edward and bella and everything else it was well, okay wait a second i spent like 30 minutes reading and so far i only know uh and so far i know you know the, their appearances i mean why is it well this is a book it's a different thing i see um that's very interesting i also read twilight and for me that was super fast what i realized for me is like i love when there are descriptions because Descriptions are not only, in my opinion, they are not only just for you as a reader to imagine the surroundings more, but it's also like a very good literary device to pass the time. And my favorite example from this is from Victor Hugo, The Hunchback mm -hmm. of Notre Dame, and where in one entire chapter, 
he only describes how the leaves are changing on the trees around the temple, around the church. And that's like, oh, really? yeah, it's for 20 minutes, just like how, how the, how the, you know, um, the seasons are changing. And of course, if you read that, it's like, okay, it's a little bit boring, but by the time you finish the chapter, you realize like one year has passed. So that's also just like, not only just putting out there another date, but also describing like the process and how those people who are the characters changed during that one year for me. Yeah. So, so and also, well, talking about that, and also I read it once, um, well, I think a couple of, uh, a couple of months ago, I realized that I only have read mostly uh, books by male authors. Mm -hmm. So I tried to give it a go to this lady so which was veronica roth and his book i think it's divergent or divergent i'm not mm -hmm. I'm sure about divergent. the pronunciation of that one no, okay so divergent and to be honest i just could make it uh i just could finish the first book because i think again you know that girls female authors they love more describing things but Pretty, pretty in detail. So, oh, of course, you're more observant wanted... than the males. <laughs> Didn't you know that? <laughs> I, I mean, but the thing I think that you know that, that, that male male author, the authors are more concerned with the action, yeah, with the thing and the whole ideas behind the entire plot. Mm -hmm. So, use the bigger ideas. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, I'm not saying you know that one style is better than the other. I'm just describing what I feel. Whereas, for example, this lady Veronica, um, something. So she are more concerned. So she's more concerned about the details. Okay, how you know the lady's hair was, or or the expressions of the guy when when she was near to death, or the feelings of everybody after there was a massacre. After that, how everybody felt. So I would say, okay, it's fine. <laughs> I However, that's not something that. that I like that much. <laughs> I can imagine you reading that like, oh, not this again. <laughs> yeah, and it was, yeah, exactly. It was because uh, whenever you know the, the main character, which is a lady, was near to death, she started like three or four pages about the uh, her recollections about her childhood on the uh, on the shrine or or things like that. It was wow. Uh, Okay, coming coming back to my favorite book then, Tantuan Eng, The Garden of Evening with Mist, which we have already mentioned. It was written by a male author, yeah. but still it has a lot of descriptions. And it's more, there is only a one setting and there is really how the characters develop and what they feel and how they forgive and remember. Whereas in his other book, The Gift of Rain, he he has more action so yeah that's why maybe do you remember the last time we met uh, last time we chat i told you well i i i thought it was another impression that this guy well was a girl so it was i was puzzled to be because maybe you have this stereotype maybe i've been exposed only to this type of um of, especially this i think this happens when i read basically sci-fi because in sci-fi mm -hmm. yeah I, I i know this so I uh, may maybe 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 um, you are more maybe you are more uh, used to reading sci-fi where it's more like you know. Yeah, I, I was gonna say that. Yeah, I was <laughs> gonna say that. And but however, this this changes when I go for for nonfiction. Uh, in nonfiction, I cannot tell if it's a boy or a girl. I think that in nonfiction, since they have to deliver a specific type of message, exactly. maybe they have to use a specific style that is widely used in that genre. So yeah, I think in non-fiction they have like more structured um, setting and then more rules yeah. how to form the text. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. That's an interesting perspective. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Do you have any more books from Ecuador or? or... Yeah, I have another one. Oh, I have okay. another one, which is like called uh, A La Costa, which means uh, to the coast. Mm -hmm. Never heard of it. And basically, again, this I think that this concept, these ideas are becoming more relevant right now because you know here the the economic crisis is deepening, and many people are going abroad, basically to work. And basically, La Costa talks about it. Okay, uh, you know the story. Um, I think it's post-colonial Ecuador, and I, by that time we have a lot of regionalism 
which basically, um, you know, people from the coast and people from the highlands, highlands, yeah, they saw each other as a rival, yes. you know, as, oh, yeah. you know, like say, people from the coast are lazy, oh, because, uh, you know, so they are thieves and things like that. And, you know, people from, from the coast regarded highlanders as, again, as too rude, as indigenous, but in a respective way. Mm -hmm. And we had this thing, and basically the plot revolves around a uh, family, uh, and you know it's a love story, but with a lot of a lot of also I would say a lot of ideas about studying abroad, a lot of uh, stereotypes. What I like the most about this book, and again as I think these ideas are becoming more relevant, is the fact that we as Ecuadorians maybe. We prefer, and I, so I know that it's gonna sound really, really harsh, but we, I think we prefer going abroad and work and make money and come back here than staying here and trying to improve our country. And that maybe this is because we have already, uh, we have lost faith here in, in Ecuador in the sense that we know that corruption is so deep rooted in our society that we know that the only way to change like our lives, like dramatically is maybe going in to another country. And this is sad to me because we have new generations which uh, whose only dream is to work abroad, basically. And maybe it's mine as well. But I mean, maybe we could, we, maybe, maybe we need to, to think otherwise to change our minds because at the end of the day, this is our country. And so, so yeah. Wow, you said it beautifully. But I think it's not only characteristic for Ecuador. I think it's characteristic for the continent and even even in Europe, like there's always this tendency to go from the east to the west as an Eastern European, for example. Mm -hmm. I, I have this many of my friends work in the Western Europe or in, in, in the West in general. And, you know, the dream, the land of the dreams, United mm -hmm. States and things like that. And I don't know actually like how much like those these examples that you gave about uh, the Ecuadorian literature are really, really good and promoting the Ecuadorian culture and also historical aspects and things like that. But most of the mainstream blockbusters are really, you know, choosing the globalism and things like that. So I don't know like how literature is or how literature could be uh, made responsible for it, that people start to think that, you know, oh, abroad it must be better and things like that. But um, but I can also see a contemporary tendency when, when people who are writing nowadays, people who are writers nowadays, they are more like rooting for their own countries and try to dig up some, maybe even some traumatic historical events just to, you know, make people conscious and aware of what happened, what had happened in the past and what to work on in the present. I don't know, but I didn't read this book, so that intrigues me a lot. Thanks, sir. Yeah, it's really nice. It's called A La Costa or, you know, To the Coast, I think, something like that. Yeah. Mm, who is the writer? So it's uh, Luis, um, it's uh, Luis Alfredo Martinez. Okay, thank you. It's a really good one. It's a really good one. It's, you know, basically, there you go, it's in Guayaquil, and also there are some parts of it, is, they are in Europe. Oh, wow. Because when the main character goes to Europe to study. Mm. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an appealing story. And again, I said, these ideas are becoming more relevant right now, because yeah. we are, you know, the, the history is repeating itself. So, yes. yeah. I agree. Okay. So just for our listeners a little bit, Loha is called also the cradle of art. Do you have any favorite Lohano artist or Lohano writer? Well, um, I wouldn't say I have a favorite one. However, I, I'm not that, that much into poetry, to be honest. But however, I have read some, uh, some poems by many Lohano Lohano uh, so writers, one of them is called like uh, Origes del Zamora. Okay, so it's it basically, it revolves around the, the idea of what is being a Lohano, our identity. And you know, there is this saying in Spanish, we say, you know, ser ecuatoriano es una, 
es una bendición, ser lojano es un privilegio. In the sense oh. of being a lojano, it's, it's a blessing. In the sense of, uh, we have been handed down so many literature, music, and things like that. And again, and I think that here we have a lot of potential. However, the, the thing is that right now we are more concerned with money making than, than with, you know, becoming, uh, going back to, to the art, because, you know, we're talking about art and how we express and how we see the world, maybe we want to portray it. So again, so, so I like this, this point because Again, it invites us to, to reflect. And I, and I think, not just Loja, but I think that we all have this idea that our hometown is special. And I think it, to believe it, it is. It, it is. And we all think that our hometown is special because it's the first place that we, we became to know when we were born and we started living in this beautiful world. And I think that this idea has to be a bit more uh, embraced by by, new, by the younger generations, since again, as you said, maybe I'm not blaming or pointing any fingers to any to anything, but yeah, right now we have social media, and maybe in some way they promote like one culture, one language, one anything else. And to some extent, I believe that this is the way for the future. I actually believe it because then maybe the difference will be settled, and we have we will have peace at least. However. Doing that, I, I don't think that we have to forget our roots and forget our, our, our identity. And um, going back to to local poetry and local books is one way to do it and support at the same time people who are trying to do it. Because at the, at the end of the day, artists are the, are the people who take the most risks because they are, sometimes they even pay with their own money in order to be published. So yeah, I mean they, they are they are doing lots of things, and we have I, I think we we could uh, do a bit more for them. Sometimes we say, oh, you know, this book it's ten dollars, it's so expensive, but you know, we <laughs> when it's Saturday or Sunday, we go you know to a pub and we spend a double or triple or triple than that, you know, on beer or something like that. So yeah, we can I think that we can we can all do something. As well. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. I, I I was smiling when you said like oh yeah of course now it's social media and TikTok I'm just like hmm, I can hear that the BTS has arrived to Loha as well <laughs> K-pop yeah, everywhere yeah, and things like that but I remember my time when I was living there there used to be you know free Thursday concerts or art festivals or even like in the theaters sometimes. Um, there used to be like free concerts and things like that. So I think like Loja is especially really good at promoting art and trying to draw as many people in as, as, as they can, as they could. I don't know if these programs are still continuing. I guess the pandemic has um, put a stop um, to them, but hopefully they start to, um, you know, they start to be budding. Yeah, right now we are, yeah, basically everything, the art thing is bouncing back right now. So everything's yeah. There are now some good to hear. There are some let's say some events, and we are also you know uh, I mean we are two months away from November, which November here you know is like Festival de Artes Vivas, you know the arts fest here. So yeah, and I think Loja is uh, of course more can be can be done. However, yeah, I think that right now cool. um, we are doing. Mm -hmm our best, especially the city council, because they are the ones, you know, in charge of promoting this. Mm -hmm. But again, as I said before, I think as, as citizens, as locals, yeah, we could do more, I think. Mm -hmm. Could you tell us a little bit about how you support art or in what way do you take part in this? Or have you ever written something that you're proud of? Well, no, I haven't. I haven't. Uh, I had some ideas. I mean, I mean, this is one of these projects that I that some people will start and then we always procrastinate and then boom and say oh yeah I was really writing something and we try to just do it to take it up again however I, so far I, I haven't been able to complete something um had some ideas I think two or three ideas about what to, to write however 
um maybe i'm too perfectionist per perfectionist yes you are <laughs> and i'm never satisfied with something so that i think yeah it's all no well uh, i have to work on that and uh, regarding how i support arts well so before the pandemic and oh no no it was after after the pandemic yeah um right now these days no to be honest these months no because i've been really busy as well as my partner and also my daughter but before that we used to go at least once a, a week to a theater uh, oh, to wow. see a play to see something like that and yeah there you, we have to to buy our tickets and, and stuff like that so and also i think that taking my daughter there it's i think it's the best way to to promote art and to because she will do it when she yeah when she grows up i think she will do it so yeah i think it's one of the ways that i, I try to do it mm, okay thank you speaking of that you mentioned that you're a teacher how do you motivate your students to read more and to you know not only watch the movie then that is the adaptation of the book yeah but, but take the actual book in their hands and read and yeah yeah exactly you know and i i've been trying to do it um especially well uh, i think that there is a difference between kids and teenagers and adults well for kids i would say it's easier because there is for example uh this week with my students we were reading um i think it's called mulan you know this uh asian a girl with mm -hmm. Mulan, we say in Spanish, you see. <laughs> uh, and you know, all of them have seen the movie, okay? So, yeah, uh, the animated movie. So, and also, there is this book, there is a book about it. So, first, okay, I try to, you know, to appeal to them with a clip from, from the movie. Say, oh, yeah, teacher, I have seen that. Okay, guys. And I say, okay, so do you think there is another version of this? They know, teacher, what do you mean? There is only one movie. Say, oh, really? Are you sure? But because here, look at this, and I show them book. What is this? Oh, oh really? It's a book? Yeah. So, and, 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 and of course, provided that this is not too long, because I have to, to split the book in different lessons. And always, uh, you know, also throw in one activity or another one in order for them to, to really be engaged into reading. So they, they do it. They do it. With teenagers, I would say it's a bit more difficult because they are not into the habit of this. But what I have tried, and I have, uh, let's say, at least some success, is with topics that they are into. And uh, yeah, especially when it's a love story, they are, oh my gosh, I like it, and they are into it. Or also about the stereotypes, about gender, and this thing. I was surprised that some of my students are really into this. Right now, there is this debate about debate about you know um, the rights of women, abortion, and things like that. I found that teenagers are really into it. They like to to know about, about more about it. And yeah, I was to be honest, I was surprised because wow, I mean. So I first I tried to 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 start living with them. Uh, Twilight by the then <laughs> so we changed it to another one and which is called uh, human uh, identity basically it's a uh, science of, uh, behind like you know this uh, deep uh, debate that right now there is about the stereotypes the what is mm -hmm. a boy what is a girl right now because we have lots of things like that right now so yeah we are doing that and with adults again I think it works as well especially adults like reading more about let's say books which are not that new because they like to remember the times when they were teens and things like that yeah it was something oh, really sweet. interesting so you you read fiction with your adults as well or you also promote non-fiction sometimes uh well um well in order you know to also to, to pro because you know when always when i do a reading activity so the end goal is basically for them to practice their English. So right now we're doing lots of news. We're going for lots of news so that they can, and, you know, adults like news, things that they don't know. Say, oh, look at this teacher in Asia. So this is going on. Say, oh, really? Wow. So I make, I have them, you know, um, you know, read different pieces of stories and then share with everybody else what they have read. 
and they, they like it they like it however i do believe in order for them to become let's say that they have this embrace this habit of reading um i still have to find the answer because i don't know yet i don't know yet i don't know even if it's if it's possible because i think that it would be amazing if there were a method in which the students i stop seeing reading as a chore or as a homework or a task and seeing it as pleasure and as opportunities oh look at this like the, the same way maybe they are into series so right now my gosh people are really into series i'm not saying that it's bad because at the end of the day if that what makes them happy that's great we cannot force i think we cannot force and say oh if you don't read then you are you are stupid or you are not good or you are not going to have success i do believe that we learn things in different ways and at the end of the day if people are into learning new things and applying them to their daily life then they will improve and yeah i think maybe series could be good for like um creative writing like continue the series as a form of fan fiction or something that i i saw i saw my students do that so yeah <clears throat> thank you for sharing your thoughts about it no my pleasure all right speaking of other types of book what else do you like to read or what else did you bring for us today well i have two more two more to my list and uh, i'm gonna leave my favorite one aware i mean the the book which has had um, the major in, impact in my life i will talk about it at the end but right now i like to talk about another one which is called cooked and this is by american writer called uh, named michael moss and this book is about food okay <laughs> okay <laughs> all right i was like okay <laughs> yeah all right. but what i like i might think that this book like changed the way I see food in terms of, especially talking about like fast food, you know, fast food and junk food, basically. Well, you know, before this book, I used to say, yeah, well, you know, we know fast food is bad, but if I'm crying for one or, or two hamburgers, yeah, there is not nothing wrong in going yeah, and yeah. having one. But then, okay, after, after I read this book, I say, oh my God. Well, basically, the, 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 this is a, non, uh, a non-fiction one. And basically here, the author explains about how, okay, so how businesses, you know, how businesses and fast food chains, okay, they design the products so that you become addicted to them. Yeah. And we have, we have examples of sugar, how sugar, you know, it's addictive. That there are some studies which say that you know that sugar is more addictive than heroin or even cocaine it was cocaine so that you know our body doesn't need sugar that uh, basically if you don't need sugar you are you, you are going to be most of your um health problems are going to disappear however since you know the 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 main objective of this of these uh, businesses you know is to make profit okay so that's why they don't care about there are entire entire like departments of uh, research behind these giants of food you know in which only whose only aim you know is to come up with different chem, you know chemicals and things like that in order to hook people into their food which translates into more profits for them so it was wow now, wow. now I'm wondering why I need to drink my bubble tea every day. <laughs> you know, it also contains a lot of sugar. It's like the bubble is just made of sugar and the tea also has uh, different ones. And they ask, you know, when you order, like, how would you like to have it? Like 100%, 75%, 50 or 25 or 0%. Wow. But even if you ask for the 0%, that's basically like the normal sugaring. The 100% is just like one more base of you know okay i i think i need to read this book as well <laughs> well yeah yeah it's so so eye opening i mean don't read it if you don't want to ruin the way you, you see you see you see a food so wait did and you... i think the food has become a, such a polarizing well, topic mm -hmm. 
Yes. Especially yeah, right now we have this, you know, body positivism that right and I and I get it. And I know it uh, I get it and, and I completely think that we cannot judge, you know, people based on their appearance. Oh no, of course. That's it. That's it. I think that we have to remember that we have, uh, you know, we are humans, we are part of the animal kingdom. And we have, and, and, and look at this, I have a perfect example about a cat. You know, I used to have a cat, which was a bit, uh, you know, which was not a beast, but not with a healthy, healthy way. And I could see that in comparison with my other cats, he was suffering, okay, because my other cats, when they were, uh, they were really happy cats. They used to play, they used to go, okay, to the roof, you know, doing cat things, okay. But okay. The, the obese, well, maybe, maybe he was obese, but he had a different type of life. And when he died, he suffered more. And okay, and then I read this book and I, and I, and I realized that so many people right now, again, not, not obese, but they have more like outweight, I think you say, yeah. How do you say? They yeah, uh, over, 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 overweight, overweight. overweight. Okay, yeah. So in talking about these things, it's so, so, I don't know, it's so, maybe it's a taboo. So, you know, oh my gosh, I think that you need to, to eat healthier. Because if you say this, even though you have good intentions, I mean, to you too, I said this to my friends, and they say, okay, wait a second. I mean, I'm an adult, so thank you, but I'm okay like this. Why are you being such, you know, a negative person? But we have to remember that there is a, there, I think that there are two different things. We have healthy things and we have, you know, you know, the fitness industry because it's another industry. I'm not saying that everybody, you know, should have, you know, a six pack and, and like things like that. What I'm saying is that if we all, because I don't do it, okay, I try, but I just, so difficult okay if we all had a healthier diet then first we would save up more money and we would have better quality quality of life um but again i think that this topic is su such a difficult one yeah it's uh, quite a sensitive topic no I yeah i agree and it's also like you know whenever like people take it as a critic i agree and maybe if somebody told me, I would also take it as a critic. But then if I think about deeply, I would think, okay, but why am I sick, you know, almost yeah. every month? Why am I like this? Why am I like getting slower? Why am I, you know, it's so easy to put off also, like what you said with in connection with writing, oh, we have wonderful ideas and then we postpone. Also just like workout time yeah. or the diet change, just postpone because it's easier. It's like the sugary drinks and, and foods are more available in general. There is no doubt about that. So here's uh, the catch. Uh, well, sorry, sorry. I just, just want to add something there because what you said remind me of this um, uh, Dr. Jordan Peterson, which is um, really polarizing guy again. Well, but he, he said something about it and he said that we have that problem because uh we prefer being accepted by the group than uh, standing sticking to our guns and say okay i want to do it and i'm gonna do it oh wow uh, so yeah that's, that's interesting yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> so i was oh my gosh he's describing to all of us i say yeah. wow and again as you said maybe we realize this but maybe saying okay i'm gonna be a different guy i'm gonna be a a better person you know stops when you see that any that people around you they will see you as a freak, okay? They will see you as an um, outcast and say, oh, no, this guy, you know, it's blah, 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 blah. Yeah. yeah, wow, this if, topic's if, if everyone is having beer, If everyone is having beer around your friends and you ask for water or you ask for, like, some smoothie, they would just like, hey, what's going on with you, right? I get it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I get it. Wow. So here's the catch. Did you change your diet? after this after reading this book yeah yeah you know and i lost like what, 10 kilos i think mm -hmm. oh wow congratulations cool yeah so i i, I really feel, i feel better to be honest so in the past it used to be well i i think that i still i still i'm not in my healthy way 
because I love I love eating chocolate and I love eating cakes and things like that. But again, I think that we have to reach balance um, because otherwise I'm not saying let's starve everybody because you know if you start basically you have a different type of illness but you will have it. So whereas if you have you know balanced diet uh, and I think a balanced diet means different has different meanings for different people. So you know I, I you know I'm into sports. Uh, I I love playing aqua volley, which is um you know. A, the Ecuadorian version of volleyball, and uh, if if I want to play it and um, um, my weight is not healthy, then my knees will suffer. And uh, yeah, so I think that again. So for me, uh, um, a balanced diet means more protein, less carbs, and a bit more fat, lots of fruit for me. For many other people say, oh my gosh, you are eating too much protein. Because for example, um, yes, it was like on Friday, I took my lunch to, to my office and everybody was like shocked when I, uh, my, my lunch was six eggs, a bit of uh, chickpeas and salad. And everybody said, oh my God, what, what is this? Why, why, why do you eat like this? Said, no, I like it. And say, oh my gosh, but are you starving? Because, you know, here in, especially here in Loja, in Ecuador, we have this. So our food is, first of all, you have the soup for our lunch, which in, in, in it you have potatoes, you have noodles, and you have everything like that, which is a lot of carbs. And then we have, you know, the segundo, which is the main course. And again, so you have rice, potatoes, a tiny bit of, of pork or chicken, and two or three like lips or lettuce and that's it boom that's the ecuadorian the ecuadorian lunch so and who yeah knows? i know and i understand that people sometimes oh oh my god you're gonna get ill because you're eating too much protein or things like that I say oh, okay yeah so uh, uh, to be honest right now i don't say anything else i say okay yeah you're right just study <laughs> yeah <laughs> right now yeah. I miss like a good old Ecuadorian armware sound to be honest. <laughs> Whatever your book writes, but I see your point. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for sharing. Does this book also give recipes? Yeah, yeah I think. I think. Or no. No, 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 no. This one no. This one no. No. Mm -hmm. This one doesn't. Because she's made, the, the point again is to raise awareness about this. As again, he also says this, uh, we are not saying don't do it. We are not saying, uh, he's not saying like, oh, you, you should like stop eating fast food right now. Because again, he explains, because he, he makes the point that at the end of the day, food chains, okay, they also provide lots of income for many families. Yes. It's a business. And also they, uh, they pay their taxes. And at the end of the day, they are offering a, a product it's up to you if you want to buy it. You know, it's like just alcohol. Okay, you know they they they, they are providing a service. If you want to take it, then you 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 have to pay. If you don't want it, okay, it's okay. No one is gonna force you. No one is gonna make you okay. Drink this or eat this. It's our decision. However, he said maybe it's not our decision entirely because when we talk about addiction, then you know that we need help in order to 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 get over it. But yeah, that's the entire point of this. Interesting. Thank you for sharing. Mm -hmm. And what is your all-time favorite book? Well, it's by Nick Oyachich or Oyashi, something like this. To be honest, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this correctly. So it, the, the name of this book is called Life Without Limbs. So this guy became a famous like speaker. Uh, because basically he was born with a condition, to be honest, I don't remember the name. However, he was born without limbs, you know, like arms or I think he only has one small toe, I think. Mm -hmm. What I really liked about this book and changed my, I, I think that I read this book when I really needed it. I needed motivation. So I, I read this book and I said, oh, wait, okay, wait a second. I'm complaining about my life and this guy is a happy guy. And of course, he's not. He said, and I, and I like it because he's such um, an honest person. Mm -hmm. And he says, "Look, I have, I have, I have uh, tried to commit suicide many times because there are also there is the bad days. We all have bad days. And even though you see a person smiling 
and you know it with a lot of money or things like that it doesn't mean that this person is happy because happiness is something that maybe isn't we, we have uh, idealized happiness thinking that when you reach happiness you uh, you can no longer be sad but you are not gonna have bad days mm-hmm. and happiness is not that according to this guy and i like this because he says happiness basically is a decision you make the decision of being happy every day you have to make the decision again you have to say okay today i'm gonna be happy and maybe you're gonna have a bad day maybe you your your boss is angry maybe your your partner has is having a bad day but you Again, since you decide to be a happy person, you are gonna do everything that you can in order to be happy and share this happiness with every with everybody else. And uh, I think that this has had the most impact in my life because uh, I'm not saying that I'm doing it. I'm trying to because this is a work in progress. And uh, every day when I'm having a bad day, I try to to remember this. Okay, wait a second. Why am I complaining? Because I have everything I need. Have a partner, have a daughter. My parents are alive. My my brother is also alive. So I have friends who care for me. I have a work. Um, I have the opportunity to keep learning. I mean, I have everything. So so that's why I think that this book is such, such a, a nice one. And also I have I have listened to because this guy Nick also he he delivers some motivation motivation um, speeches. And let me tell you that this guy you, you should go. No, give it, give him a go because he is such again an honest person. And I have also read many, many books like this before, motivational books before. However, the what I like the most about this guy again, and I have to highlight this, is his honesty. His honesty. He not, he's not trying to, to sell small. He not he's not trying to say, if you do this, then all your problems will disappear, or if you do this. Okay, everybody's gonna like you or things like that. No, but you know, to have this more down to earth approach mm-hmm. and um, sticking to it through the entire book while also telling about his life is really inspiring. And also, he he doesn't also focus on himself. He also talks about other people, which are you know, cancer patients, uh, people who have already passed away in different you know with different illnesses different conditions rare conditions and uh you know and also he he talks briefly about the he about the relationship between religion god and and this and this thing because when we have these conditions in 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 one of the i think in the first chapter he said okay so how can god exist if i'm if uh, i was born like this he said right so it is such a good question. I mean, right now we see the world, and uh, for example, here in Ecuador, we have lots of street dogs, things like that, a lot of poverty. And again, in this question, like we we can ask this question: like, How can God exist when we have all of this? And he makes the point throughout the book that basically that um, God exists, but he acts uh, in a different way. <laughs> uh, that sometimes we don't, we can see how he 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 acts. But I'm not a religious person. Uh, I believe in God. However, I don't believe in a specific religion. A religion. Uh, however, I, I believe that uh, we have to stop complaining and, and see the task that we are here in order to complete. Because I believe that we all have to do some task, and that's why we are here. So when we stop complaining. And we start saying, okay, um, I'm deciding to be a happy person and I'm going to do it. So then I think everything changes. Yeah. So the key is our attitude. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so difficult to do it. It's so difficult to do it. Yeah. It's so, so difficult. I agree. Complaining is pretty easy. <laughs> yeah. That's right. I loved when you said it that he he's very honest like he doesn't say like okay here's the recipe if you do this and this and this you will be always happy that's what we want and that's what we like you know that's that's the accelerated words kind of disadvantage that everything that we see is so fast so we want to have 
money fast. We want to have wealth fast. We want to have everything fast. Our studies to finish fast. The earlier we can start working and things like that. We want everything fast in our lives. And it's not like that. It's not like, okay, you will be happy if you get married. You will be happy if you, you know, if Friday finally comes, you will be happy if uh, you get the better job with a better payment. No, it's not like that. It's like constant work. I agree with you. Yeah. Completely agree with that. That's nice. Thank you. Thank you for bringing us a lot of books. It was very interesting. We talked a lot about a lot of things. Would you like to add anything? No, I think that yeah, thanks again for having me and thanks for this project of yours. I think that these are really nice one and that promoting books that maybe they are not blockbusters, they are not well known. It's something that someone okay has to do it and right now you are doing it so yeah congratulations for that Maybe uh, you task. are a brave a brave woman trying to do it trying to do your part and that's it so congratulations again thank and you. best of luck with your project thank you would you like to have a message to the listeners not just stop complaining and start being happy just that. And read a lot of books. <laughs> yeah, I read a lot of books. Yeah, if that's what makes you happy, of course. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for your time. Enjoy reading. Yeah, thanks for having me. And likewise. Thank you for being with us for this month as well and follow Ersasis Mundo. Stay tuned for more book reviews. Bye!